Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. One of the greatest risks facing people in retirement is health care cost. And one of the biggest health care costs that you might face during your retirement is long-term care. So in honor of November being Long-Term Care Insurance Awareness Month, we are joined by Jesse Sloan, who is the Executive Director of the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance. Today we're going to discuss some misconceptions that people might have regarding long-term care and whether or not long-term care insurance might be an important step in your overall retirement planning strategies. Welcome, Jesse. It's a pleasure to be here. There's a lot of confusion with Obamacare coming down the pipeline as far as what's happening with health care. And today we're talking about long-term care insurance in honor of Long-Term Care Insurance Month. What's taking place in the world of long-term care insurance now? Let's start off because you're right. In terms of Obamacare, a lot of people believe that Obamacare includes provisions that relate to long-term care, and that is absolutely not true. It's 100% false. There is no new coverage for long-term care included in Obamacare. And more importantly, one of the questions that we get from consumers is, gee, I understand that everybody qualifies for Obamacare, so the same must be true with long-term care insurance, and that is not true. No changes. You still have to meet the health requirements imposed by the insurance companies, so you need to apply early while you're still in good health. Hey, why not take it to the basic level, then? Let's differentiate what is long-term care compared to the health insurance that most people are traditionally used to. That's absolutely good. We all know what health insurance covers, or even what Medicare is designed to cover. It's designed to provide the care when you're expected to recover from something. So when you have a flu, they give you some medicine and you're going to recover. When you have a broken hip, they take you to the hospital, they repair it, and you are designed to uh, recover. But there are conditions that you are not ever going to recover from, that they just don't have a cure for, like Alzheimer's disease. And unfortunately, we don't get younger every day. And so when you're 85, 90, 95, 100, you're just not going to be in the same physical shape as you were when you were 50. Those kinds of conditions are what's categorized as long-term care. They are conditions that impact you. They could be medical, like Alzheimer's disease, or they just could be the result of aging, where you're going to need assistance. There's nothing they can give you that's going to to fix the problem. And when you need long-term care, typically because of aging, it's not covered by health insurance. It's not covered by Medicare. So you're going to do one of several things. You're either going to turn family members into your caregivers, not voluntarily, by the way. You're just going to, you know, have your wife provide care. More likely, your adult children, you're going to disrupt their lives significantly as they become your unpaid caregivers. You're going to spend whatever money you saved. And if you're a couple, think about this. The husband's typically older. We die earlier. We age earlier. 
And if you've played a rough and tough life, even more so. So the husband is going to turn his wife into the caregiver and use up a lot of the retirement savings, maybe all of it, on his long-term care, leaving the wife basically destitute and applying for welfare. Or if you spend down everything, if you're totally broke, then you're going to turn to whatever government programs exist. Say what you want about Obamacare, whether you're for it, against it. You look and you go, the government can't even get a website program running to allow people to enroll. Are those the people you want providing your care 15, 20 years from now when you need it? That's a great point, and I just would reiterate, we see that all the time where the spouse is a caregiver. It's interesting how often it happens that that healthy spouse usually is the one that triggers a long-term care stay because they slip and fall or hurt themselves Uh, trying to care for their spouse, and ultimately they end up needing the long-term care. Yes, it's so common. So this is the first generation, really, where we're living long lives and where long-term care insurance comes into play. What long-term care insurance does, all that it really does is two things. First, everybody looks at it as a financial product. Yes, of course, it pays dollars when you need qualifying care. But really, what it does is the two things. It gives you choice and options. So the government, Medicaid, is typically, if you need care, the cheapest, the most efficient place to get care is in a skilled nursing home. That's about the last place any of us want to go to today. You want to get care in your own home. If you have long-term care insurance today, the policies will pay for care in your own home. So it gives you choice and options. And the second thing that it does is, the way I describe it, is it allows your loved ones to hire the people that are going to provide care. They get to supervise them. They get to be part of the process. It's not like, honey, the caregiver is coming in, and by the way, I'm taking a two-week cruise. They're going to be there, but they're not responsible for everything. Your adult daughter, who's now 60 years old, isn't going to have to be bathing you or showering you or taking you to the toilet because you can't do things yourself. They're going to have a caregiver there. And without long-term care insurance or your willingness to pay the price, people just won't do it because we all become frugal and very frugal in our old ages. Well, and that's basically maintaining a person's independence and dignity. It's just a simple desire of most people. I don't want to have to depend on my children to be my caregiver. I raise them as the parent. (laughs) That's right. You can get today some. There's so many misconceptions about long-term care insurance. And we always tell people it's not for everybody. First of all, not everybody can health qualify for it. And certainly not everybody is a planner and wants to have insurance. But if you do, and if you work with a professional who understands how it works, and how to weave it into your total financial picture, then long-term care insurance can be far more affordable than most people think. Well, let's actually address that because if you ask a person on the street, what do you think about long-term care? They think, well, that's for old people. Yeah. But actually there's a trend with the baby boom generation. And actually, Jesse, I saw you quoted recently in a trade magazine where you were talking about the average age of a long-term care insurance buyer today is getting younger because they're actually, as a baby boomer, providing care for their parents. And they're seeing how that affects their assets and their integrity and all that stuff. I wish it were that simple. Here's the harsh reality because every one of us denies that it's ever going to happen to us. And that's human nature, okay? Even if we worry about it, we deny it. Here are the realities. The insurance companies, in order to keep rates 
as low as possible for people purchasing this, and they understand that's what they have to do, they will only accept people that meet health standards. In order to meet the health standards, and they vary from one insurance company to the next, you basically have to do this before you're mid 60s, certainly before you start qualifying for Medicare. Because after we turn 60, all these health conditions arise. And guess what? Those health conditions are the ones that medical treatments today can cure you. They can keep you alive for a long time, but they can't take away the risk of needing long-term care, extended care for a long time. So the insurance companies require that you meet health conditions. Because of that, you have to really look at this between your mid-50s and your mid-60s. After that, eh, you may health qualify if you're in really good health. But we talk to so many people who call, oh, no, and they view themselves in good health because they're taking medications that are keeping them in good health. And suddenly it's like, oh, no, I'm able to do this and I'm able to do that. And, oh, well, do you have a disability placard in your car? Oh, yes, but I'm really fine. Well, yes, but you're not going to be able to qualify for long-term care insurance. Or I take these three medicines, but I feel terrific. That's great. You're not going to be able to qualify, or you may have to pay select rates, substandard rates. The reason buyers today are younger is because the insurance companies will not take you if you have health issues. Another consideration, too, that people should consider, I had a client who had long-term care insurance that I had helped them set up, and they had that insurance for about 12 or 13 years, and this guy was in excellent health. As a matter of fact, he was a gold medal winner in the Senior Olympics, and because he was such good health, he decided to drop the coverage, and as much as I wanted him to keep it, he decided that he wanted to drop it. About four years after he dropped the coverage, he had a massive stroke, because he was in such good health, mm -hmm. he survived the stroke, and now he's been a year and a half in a facility, and there's really no end in sight. I mean, he could live another five or ten years, or maybe even longer, but he hasn't recovered from that stroke. It has rendered him where he needs the long-term care. So the thing is, if you're not healthy, maybe you don't survive very long when you have a health issue, but when you're healthy, boy, it takes a lot to put you down, and you might be more vulnerable because you're going to live longer. Yeah, absolutely. This is a very, very real risk. The statistics show we all look at longevity tables, and we know longevity is increasing in the United States, and that's a good thing. But, you know, oh, the average age is 78. Well, if you make it to age 65, the longevity tables, the averages no longer apply because the averages include unfortunately, so many young people who die, infant mortality, it includes everything. If you look at the longevity tables for folks who make it to age 65, the chances are enormously high that you're going to make it into your 80s, 90s, and that's when long-term care, as I said, there is no cure for aging, and there is no cure for Alzheimer's disease, and those are conditions that are real risks to folks. Well, this is a great discussion. Hey, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, let's continue to explore why it makes sense to consider long-term care as part of your overall financial goals. Please stay tuned. Having a conversation with your child is like putting money in the bank. For example, every time you ask your child, So, how was your day? You've just added to your conversation trust account. And when you say to your child, Good job, son. You get double deposits. And the more you ask, the more you put away. 
And it's good advice to... <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's good advice to have... Stop that! <clears throat> and it's good advice to have little chats with your child as often as you can. Thank you. Because someday, when they're teenagers, it may pay off big dividends. Dad, can I ask you something? Give your family everything. Give them your time. Thanks, Dad. I think you're right. Welcome back as we continue our conversation today with Jesse Sloan, who is the executive director of the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance. And in recognition of November being Long-Term Care Insurance Awareness Month, there's no better guest to talk about this to our listeners and help you understand why this coverage is so important to explore. We've been talking about and using the term long-term care insurance, and I know earlier in the industry, many times this is referred to as nursing home insurance. Just take a moment, Jesse, and clarify, this isn't nursing home insurance, why it should be looked at as more of a broad-range protection than just nursing home, that negative connotation. Well, it started out back in the 1980s that it did provide benefits for those who had to go into nursing homes. Today, Today, people buy this for the exact opposite reason. And really what this product should be called is nursing home avoidance insurance because the vast majority of new claims begin at home. And over 50%, we study every year, about 50% of all new claim benefit payments in the most recent year were for people getting care at home. About a quarter were for people getting care at assisted living facilities. Nursing homes, it's a great industry, and with all due deference to the hard work that those folks do, it is not easy work, and it is not a pleasant job, believe me, by any stretch of the imagination. But if you worked your whole life, if you saved money, and you were a planner, a nursing home is the last place you want to be. It may be where you end up spending the last month or two of your life, but if you need extended care for a year, two years, four years, five years, you typically want that care at home. And if you do, that care is expensive, even if you don't need 24-7 care, and your spouse or your family members can only provide so much. So you're either going to be paying out of pocket for it, or you're going to have some long-term care insurance. And, you know, people always ask me, why do I need insurance? I have the money. I saved enough money in my lifetime to pay typically married couples. And I say, yeah, you did. You're a husband, you're a wife. If you've been married, you've been in a relationship, you understand. So you look at your wife and you go, you can't do this anymore. Go out and get somebody to come in and help you. And she'll go and she'll make the calls and then she'll come back and say, okay, I found somebody. And great. You're going to innocently ask, how much does it cost? And she's going to say, whatever, $25 an hour, there's a four hour minimum. And all that's going to happen is your eyebrow is going to twitch because you know that your first job, you made $100 a week. And here it's $100 a day for the person to come in and just kind of get you out of bed. Your wife's going to see that twitch and go, never mind, we don't need it. If you have insurance, even if it doesn't pay the full bill, you're going to have a very different discussion. You're going to call your wife and say, honey, we've been paying this insurance company for all of these years. Call them up. Let's get the benefit out of this and let's get some help. And even if the cost is $200 a day and the insurance only paid $150 for that day, that's like getting a $150 coupon. That's how people today need to think and approach long-term care insurance. It's home care coverage, and some coverage is better than no coverage, and it's certainly much more affordable to go that way as well. 
And let's face it, at some point, if the home environment isn't practical, you can always transition way before the skilled facility to assisted living, which these insurance policies are also designed to cover. I mean, at some point, some next level of care in a assisted living facility might be appropriate too. And there has been an explosion in that industry of quality facilities in the area that aren't skilled care, but just help. There's socialization, there's activities, there's meal preparation, medication monitoring. And at some point, this might be appropriate too, especially if you're now single or widow or widower, and you just want to be with other people that are at the same pace you are. Yep. It goes back to what I always say, the two real benefits of long-term care insurance are having choice and options. That's what you really always wanted, independence, choice, options. And the second one is allowing your loved ones to care about you, not to have to care for you. Well, you know, Jesse, I know one thing that a lot of people look at, and I just talked to somebody yesterday, they had an increase in their long-term care insurance premium, and they're debating whether or not to keep the insurance. And well, long-term care, our experience has been, it's not been like health insurance where you can pretty much expect every time you open up a premium renewal notice, you're going to get an increase. We have seen policies go years without an increase, and then all of a sudden they'll have some increases. But when I looked at it, the benefit that he had with his policy, he had one of the older lifetime benefits that would never run out of coverage. And the premium that he was looking at, one year's premium was 25% of what the monthly benefit would be. And here he's getting at an age where he's closer to where the likelihood of needing that care is that much greater and was actually thinking of dropping the coverage. We could spend a whole show on rate increases, but here's what consumers need to know. First of all, the rate increases have impacted only certain types of older policies. One of those, you mentioned the lifetime coverage where you get unlimited coverage. You can't even buy those anymore today. Number two, when the insurance company goes to the state and says, we need to raise our rates, and they have to prove to the state why the current status, they need more, and it's because there are more claims that are coming in because people are living longer than projected, and it's tied to investment returns, but that's a whole other issue. But consumers, it's never a take-it-or-leave-it option. Your client didn't have to pay the higher rate. He might have been able to look and to say, I can continue paying the same amount, but instead of an unlimited plan, I'm going to have coverage that would pay for five years, for seven years. Typically, those plans had a 5% compound inflation option, which meant the benefit grew at 5% a year. Well, that's very nice, but historically now for the past 10 years, we've had very low inflation, and we've also had very low investment returns on interest bearing. So he could have looked and said, you know what, change my 5%, keep the level that it's grown to today, but change the future growth to 3%. And then you continue paying the same amount of premium. So it makes very sexy headlines when you read, oh, long-term care insurance is going up. It's not the truth. Most people pay the same amount. They just look and they reevaluate their policy and things changed in their life, etc. And they just continue to keep the coverage and pay the same amount by tweaking the policy benefits that they had. Well, and also, you know, we keep talking about premium. And of course, if you were to do an analysis of cost your very first time, whatever age you were at, it's going to appear expensive to you. But you have to remember these policies can be customized with so many different options. And one final point is you have to remember most of these policies have something called 
waiver of premium, which means once I go on claim, the premium stops. That's not true for car insurance and health insurance and other things. It's actually designed to alleviate the need to pay premium once benefits start. And I know when I talk to clients about that, they go, oh, so it helps them rationalize a little bit while the cost may be more today, but it's nice to know once you're collecting benefits and if you structure that policy right, of course, the benefits might be also tax-free to you, the premium stops at the same time. Absolutely. As I say, there's more misconceptions about long-term care insurance than there really are facts out there. And that's a reason that it really pays to work with somebody who understands the product, who understands the industry, and can really take what I call a holistic approach to this whole thing, not just pulling a solution off the shelf and saying, here you go, this is your long-term care answer, because there is no one-size-fits-all. It's a very personal decision you said something earlier, Jesse, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And what we encourage clients to do, don't make the mistake where you don't sit down with your professional and at least analyze your options. Understand what your options are and then make an informed decision whether or not you choose to protect yourself in this area. But you should be informed of what that means to go it alone and just take your chances. But it also should be important to understand if you're going to incorporate insurance in your planning, how that works, whether or not you're going to rely on things like Title 19, whether or not you'll even be able to rely on them. You should be looking at those things. Well, before we wrap up, Jesse, are there any other tips that you can give our listeners when considering long-term care planning? Start about uh, 30 to 60 days before your next birthday if you're a procrastinator because these are based on attained age rates, which means if you're 62, the day you turn 63, you're going to pay eh, roughly about 7 to 8% more. So everybody always thinks, oh, I can wait and I could probably get a good investment return. And maybe you can, but if you're a procrastinator, mark your calendar and at least start the process about 30 to 60 days before. And at the very least, if you have health issues, if you take a couple of prescription medicines, or if your doctor has prescribed a couple of prescription medicines and you're not taking them, don't think that that goes unnoticed, then now is a good time to really at least see if you can health qualify. Thanks so much, Jesse. I know that this is an ever-changing landscape. At least we clarified today. Don't count on today's Affordable Care Act to pay for long-term care. Sit down with your insurance professional, analyze your options, and incorporate insurance if it makes sense for you. I'm sure as this landscape keeps changing, we'll have you back again. So we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your real wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.